0: This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. L-G-B on the L-O-B. Lockdown Browns, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody Mix makes Lockdown Browns their first listen. Day in, day out, whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribed to the Lockdown Browns Podcast, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, no space, to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. If you guys don't know, um, for Locked On, we have a pretty big presence this year at the Super Bowl Radio Row. So Ross Jackson, Luke Braun, obviously James Rapian, uh, Jake Liskow uh, from the Bengals. The Rams guys are there as well. uh, Peter Bukowski. So it's pretty Pretty exciting to see the, the growth of the network and this opportunity here as the guys are embezzled and in constant deep in Radio Row in L.A. Joining us today from the Orange and Brown Report, Mr. Stephen Thomas. We tried to sit down and do this about a week and a half ago. Uh, Steve was at sea, as everybody knows, with Steve's other venture. Also not feeling so well. Um, I don't know if he's all the way back, but he is good enough back. So we have Stephen Thomas in here. Uh, again, from the OBR, we're going to discuss you know, some thoughts and some winners for Steve from Steve, for, uh, from the Senior Bowl, guys that maybe have, you know, either weren't maybe on the radar Browns-wise or maybe more entrenched in the radar uh, Browns-wise. We'll get some Super Bowl thoughts from Steve as well. Uh, Steve, <coughs> first things first, uh, buddy, it, it's your time of year. Like, <laughs> we need you, Thomas. You're in. All, all these other seven months are for nothing. It's to get us here next through the next three, so to speak.
1: Yeah, this next couple of months, it's weird. People want to talk to me like I apparently I have a clue what the hell I'm talking about. I don't don't know what they think, but uh, apparently I fooled them. It's good to be back, man. I want to apologize right up front. I am still battling just a little bit. I'm sucking on a cough drop here. So I apologize for those noises that are going to come in here. I'll try not to cough too much. But I want to first just real quick, man. This is where we made our friendship and our relationship. I think it's five years ago during draft cycle when you first took over at Locked on Browns. This is basically where we met here in Twitter. So it is always going to be back with you on the LOB here, uh, back to our roots. I was thinking the other day about those live mock drafts you, and me, and Jake used to do <laughs> when it was fan speak, and I we had no way to video share. I'm screenshotting the board and texting it to you guys, and we're reading the names for the people who are listening. Man, it's gotten so much better now. It's, uh, but but it's always good to be back with your uh, here with you, my friend. So let's uh, let's talk some uh, Senior Bowl and whatever else you uh, you want to hear from me here today. <clears throat>
0: Well, now, and I think this year, you know, it's it's a large draft class. Um, not as many underclassmen as years in the past, and understandably so, because again, this COVID year of twenty twenty and the opt-out, um, and you're ending up certainly with some older prospects. And you know, some of these underclassmen were smart in their thinking of saying, Hey, maybe not get myself in a position here where this class is, you know, very, very deep. And obviously you could end up, you know, getting yourself, you know, not noticed. Um, actually, if anybody didn't see, 324 participants to the NFL Combine this year, beginning March 1st. So that information is out. The list is available. Anybody looking to it? Uh, but the Senior Bowl this year, Steve. And look, I, I think the growth of these All Star games year in year out um, is just amazing. I know Eric Galko uh, did a fantastic job at the Shrine Bowl, but the Senior Bowl again just forever. And you know Jim Nagy's done a great job as far as you know keeping everybody engaged and making mm-hmm. everybody feel like they can be a part of it. But some takeaways here, the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, for the Browns, I think this is where it's a little bit different because these defensive players that they might be looking at in this draft class, these guys aren't coming in. These guys are maybe coming in with a little bit of a role. Like we have basically the nuts and bolts of this defense, but we need a guy who can do <clears throat> X. We need a guy who can do Y. But some thoughts here and some players that uh you know came away from the week down in mobile for you as maybe players that you know probably would look good in brown and orange
1: yeah you're right assuming that they work it out with jw and Clowney, and we all think it's going to go that way um you're right basically the only the only spot that would qualify as a whole if you want to use that word is obviously the interior of the defensive line and you and i both think they're going to do everything they can, turn over every rock they can to address that at least somewhat in free agency or a trade. But if they get to the draft, there are a few guys. Uh, and obviously the biggest one for the Browns uh, would be Travis Jones uh, out of UConn. If he's around at that 45 pick or you know some boards have him around at that 77, 78, wherever that one ends up, uh, he would look very nice. This is a guy, uh, what do you come in at, 332 pounds, I think is what he weighed in at uh, 6'5". Um, He's uh, been productive for UConn, was productive this year in a year where the Huskies were not productive, if we're going to be very kind about it. <laughs> um, he was one of the lone bright spots in an otherwise kind of dismal year. I mean, his run, defense is, his run defense grade was 86.8, which I don't know where the exact cutoff between very good and elite is for PFFs grades, but if it's not elite, it's right on the cusp there, and that's <clears throat> the biggest thing that they're lacking. In their interior of the defensive line. Would you like to get a guy with tons of pass rush wiggle? Sure, of course you would. But Aaron Donald's don't grow on trees. When you have guys like Jadevian Clowney and Miles Garrett on each edge, the job of the interior, especially somebody who we expect to play a lot of true nose, which is uh, what uh, uh, Travis Jones's real forte is. Their job is literally to just shut that front door, just push that pocket back, not give that quarterback anywhere to go when 95 and 90 come screaming around the edges, making, uh, you know, creating all of their havoc. Now, he does have a little bit of pass rush wiggle. I mean, the guy had 25 total pressures, which from the nose spot, especially considering he got all of the attention from opposing offensive lines, is actually pretty impressive. He has improved his run or I'm sorry, his pass rushes uh, every year. His pass rush grade was just shy of 80 this year, which is, which is really good. But he had himself a great week. Uh, one thing we should note about the senior bowl and the interior defensive line guys that had good weeks, neither team had a true center. Okay, they had guards who played some center there. So you have to take that into account. But even considering that, Zion Johnson, who did a, a lot of, did yeoman's work, I thought, at center and, and was very impressive there. Uh, him, him and, and, uh, Travis had some great battles and, uh, each one won a few. And if you're going, if you're beating Zion Johnson, 50, 50, that that's really good. So he was a guy that was really, really impressive to me. Again, it depends on the board and we're a long way off from knowing exactly where these guys are going to fall, but that second or third round, this is a guy that I would definitely have on my radar, uh, on the interior of the de- defensive line.
0: Um. Just quick on Travis Jones. Look, the size <clears throat> checks the boxes, the play. And, look, you think about, you know, look, sometimes you got to look at a bad team and, and find the one gem there. This is certainly the case with Travis Jones. Where the appeal really comes in for Cleveland, age, guys. Again, I mean, it, until they show us it, age is not going to be an issue, Right. it's an issue. Travis Jones fits that. Some of the guys at this position in this draft class – are older and it's just not seem to be the way that the Browns normally want to bend. Could there be a time? Sure. But you know, again, until you notice that somebody's altering something, you believe they won't why Travis Jones is appealing and look for him. I think, you know, where this talk and obviously, you know, 77, 78 range, I believe that's probably out of the water now because there are more teams that are looking for younger players. Um, it, it would 44 maybe be a little bit too early, but there's always maneuveration. I just think somehow, some way he gets himself either into that, you know, that beginning, early beginning of round three or, you know, somewhere in round two for Travis Jones. Just a heck of a week for a heck of a player. Um, And look, the size y- you just can't ignore. And in this regime, they have not had a nose tackle built like this. They thought they had one. He never contributed. He never did anything after opting out of 2020. Came back 2021 and wasn't anywhere near the player they thought they signed from Cincinnati, you know, during the 2020 free agent period. But yeah, Travis Jones, if there's a way it works with Travis Jones, you bring in a veteran, you bring in Travis Jones, all of a sudden that room looks a lot prettier. But go ahead. Yeah, you're
1: absolutely right. And one of the things you there there is no single piece of data in draft that's the end all be all. Everybody, oh, look at this. That means this. Well, it's all part of the web. Everything needs to be considered as a group i like to say it's all a rich tapestry you know uh but one of the things people look at is what did they do especially against a, a school not a small school but a smaller d1 school like yukon what did they do against the top competition on their schedule and you look they played clemson and his pass rush grade against clemson was 89.5 he had five pressures uh three quarterback hits and two hurries against clemson so i mean he checks all the boxes like you said absolutely 100 and just real quick on the age thing if there's ever a year that it might get bent you and i have been saying this since last year this is the one simply because of all the reasons that you laid out now i am i'm with you i'm still in i'll believe it when i see it mode but if there's ever a year that the odds tick up a little bit that they might bend or even break those especially on day three those guardrails this is definitely the one you're absolutely right. <clears throat>
0: All right, you got a couple other more guys for us, Steve. Ride yeah. off, let's
1: go, baby. Yeah, um, uh, I'm not of the opinion that they're going to be looking for a linebacker where this guy is probably going to be drafted. But if they somehow can get uh Chad Muma out of Wyoming and put him next to J.O.K., even if they'd really like Jacob Philbus, which I know you and I both do, you're talking about two. Of the fastest, most explosive sideline to sideline, smart, incredibly wonderful downhill and in coverage players that you can have on the second level. This guy had, uh, he came from Wyoming. He had a tremendous year at Wyoming. Everybody wanted to see him against the top competition at the Senior Bowl. And he did, not only did he not do anything to hurt himself, uh, I thought he actually helped himself a little bit more in 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 the eyes of the media. He confirmed everything the NFL thought of him. Uh, This is a guy uh, among everything else that he does. Well, the biggest thing that sticks out for me on your second level, you want sure tacklers. You don't want guys that miss tackles and his uh, tackling tackling grade this year was 86. Uh, The guy just doesn't miss. If he gets his hands on you, you go to the ground and that's what you want on the second level. First guys, keep the the linebackers clean. They come in, they put the guy on the ground. Now you're in third and long. Now our cornerback room, which is tremendous uh, takes over and that's how this defense wins. So, Uh, I don't know that they're going to be looking for a linebacker. I think he's going to go higher, but if he would somehow slip to that 78 or 98, and I think it's unlikely, uh, I would have zero issue with Chad Muma being in Brown and orange this fall. Linebacker's interesting. Uh, you know, Anthony
0: Walker, um, I think they love the role Malcolm Smith plays, but then Mm -hmm. you, you know, you look at it, obviously, you know, J.O.K., Jacob Phillips, Taki Takitaki for one year, uh, it, it, we'll see the way it, it it works out, the way it bends, the way it breaks. I'm not sure if it's something they're heavily shopping in. Right. But then again, if it's something that appeals them and there is the always the possibility of, you know, if the guy comes with a decent, a, a very good special teams reputation, they have fringe linebackers, Elijah Lee, et cetera, who excel on special teams. But if there's a possibility, there's a future here other than just special teams certainly could go that route. I know you got one more
1: for me. Yeah, a uh, small school D2 guy that you and I talked about way back in the summer, <clears throat> and we were looking forward to this week in Mobile on him, specifically Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. Uh, 6'3", uh, just just a, like two hairs shy of 200 pounds. He's listed as a corner. Most people that I have talked to who are much smarter about the draft than I am think he will likely trans uh, transition to a, a free safety role at the next level just because of his range. And his ball skills he's one of those guys that just somehow sniffs out where the ball is going to be and he is always around it he makes play after play after play on the ball and people really wanted to see him in mobile because obviously a d2 guy or a d3 guy that gets invited to these showcase bowls it's a rather large jump up in competition and again like we just said about Muma, not only did he not hurt himself the word is he really opened a bunch of eyes now I'm of the opinion that he would look super in that safety room for the Browns, but at six three two hundred, I got to admit, his feet are so, so good, and his technique is far more advanced than a lot of people thought it would be. Um, if he can prove that he can play cornerback at the next level at that size, that's a huge advantage for a defense, even for a, a stacked uh, a cornerback room like the Browns currently have. If he stays in that day three range, fifth round-ish, something like that, Man, that would be a tremendous pickup in my eyes. Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. 100%. And for me, I I love the possibility of the safety talk and transitioning to
0: safety. When you certainly look at this division and, you know, you look now, Pittsburgh Steelers developing yet in Friarmouth, another tight end that looks like it's going to be a problem for the Browns to handle for years to come. We already know Mark Andrews is the biggest, baddest boy on the block at the tight end position in the AFC North. That's four games of your 17-game schedule right there. Um, if you're going to be in these games, you got to deal with players like Dawson Knox. I mean, I'm sorry, in competition, you got to deal with players like Dawson Knox. You got to deal with players like Travis Kelsey, obviously. So having another weapon, and yes, for me, six three, two hundred, you know, the length, the height, and you know, trying to play the, you know, the free, uh, the free safety position, you know, playing on the roof, so to speak. Um, you know, that size, that length, it plays where you know wherever the ball is, he should have an opportunity to get after it. Certainly, an appealing player, and for the Browns, look—you know—development has been going on. This is something that we used to joke about. As far as players, the Cleveland Browns got their hands on it never happened. Um, but now you're in a position with talent on this team where you can look at somebody and say, "Oh, well, down the road he can be so and so." And you're not—you're not saying it in passing. You're not saying it tongue in cheek. You're saying it with some seriousness to—to you know, the words that you're speaking with and understanding that this staff can develop. And it's been a long time coming, but you look at a player, get player like that who certainly is going to need a little time, certainly, um, but tons and tons to work with. We're going to get back here with Steve. We're going to flip <coughs> it up get some thoughts here on the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, some Certainly some uh, positions of importance stood out kind of uh, for the offensive side of the ball down in Mobile. Browns certainly need some help there. We're going to get to that here with Steve as we continue on your latest Locked on Browns. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march towards Super Bowl Sunday. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of it all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online where the game starts now we said the offensive side of the ball um and certainly you know browns have their issues there uh, things need to be upgraded <coughs> things that for through two years now have maybe not worked out the way andrew barry certainly coach kevin sofanski had anticipated uh need to basically for some of it's going to be changed for the sake of change sake on the offensive side of the ball here the game itself. You got to see Kenny Pickett a little bit. I think everybody fell in love with a Malik Willis run, and I'm not sure that changed anything. The one thing we knew Malik <clears throat> Willis could do was run. Um, one thing we had some concern with is, is there more than just absolutely throwing darts all over the field? Still some concerns with Malik Willis. Um, in that regard, player who's probably going to end up getting maybe drafted higher than most people are going to be comfortable with, but you know, really have a great quarterback class. So it's going to go that way. But Steve, some thoughts here from you on offensive players uh, from senior bowl week in the game, sir.
1: Yeah. um, uh, Just real quick on the quarterback class. If you're looking for a, you know, people have been talking about, and I know, (coughs) excuse me, you and I have been involved in this people all up in our mentions, if they're going to trade or if they're going to sign a free agent, a quarterback, this and that, it has to be a, you know, definitive upgrade, a huge upgrade, whatever word you want to use. And I don't think there's anybody in this class that, especially for year one or even year two, fits that. Um, and with the rest of the roster in the window, it, it's hard to to put your hopes on any of these guys. Now, could we be wrong? Of course, of course we could. Um, but I am not personally comfortable if they if they were to like Malik Willis, and I have no idea if they do, it would seem at this moment like 13 is going to be the only option. And personally, I'm just not comfortable with that. But we'll move on from the quarterbacks because everybody wants to talk about some other guys that were there. It's more likely that other positions and the first one, of course, wide receiver. Uh, I tried to get some different names here to talk to you than have been in the mainstream, but there's just no way around talking about Christian Watson. Um, I remember you and I talked about him a month and a half ago and the initial reaction on socials and in the forums at the OPR was, you know, small school, never heard of him. He must suck. You know, that, that's how it goes every year. And now everybody's talking about he's going in the first round. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. OK, he still has issues. The word that I got from several high level draft uh, folks who you and I both know who were there watching was that the Jets staff was working with him feverishly in between every rep working on his uh, route running. It's still exceptionally raw. His route tree is rather limited. Now, not, So this is not his fault, and there's nothing that says it can't improve. But because of the offense at the Bison run at North Dakota State, you're just not going to get a lot of opportunities as a wide receiver. They run the ball so well. He blocks like crazy because of that system, which is fantastic. And he's ahead of a lot of other guys coming into the league at that spot. But as far as his 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 technical proficiency at the wide receiver position he does have a way to go and in a strong class like this i think that's going to keep him uh, the word i keep hearing is 75 to 100 with a ceiling of late second uh could that change in two months of course uh you're talking about a guy that measured in what six four two eleven runs like a gazelle he had some splash plays he's got he's a accuracy eraser you throw the ball anywhere in his vicinity he's got the catch radius of a giant squid he's fantastic he's got (laughs) tools for days but people who are thinking he can come in and be your wide receiver one immediately out of the gate the odds are very against that he's going to need some time but with a guy this speed if you can get him in that late day two that 7500 even if his ceiling ends up being special teams returner guy and solid wide receiver three that's perfectly fine i think he can be better than that one thing i did notice looking at his stats and digging into the advanced stuff which i found was very interesting and it's a credit to the bison coaching staff for knowing they had a weapon and finding any way they can to get him the ball in advantageous situations is he had only eight targets in the medium range between 10 and 20 yards all year he had 26 short uh, 33 short or behind the line of scrimmage and then 17 20 yards plus his his receiving grade on the deep ball 20 plus yards 98.2 that's elite of elite it's ridiculous when this guy gets behind you you're not catching him it's simply that way but he also has experience for people who are you know quote unquote looking for the next debo which i think is a fool's errand they not only did they <laughs> give him the ball not only do they give him the ball on jet sweeps and and all that kind of stuff which you would expect They lined him up in the backfield more than a few times and literally just handed him the ball off tackle or on sweeps and stuff like that. So this guy has tools for days. Would I love to see him in Cleveland? 100%. Absolutely. I would. But you're talking about people saying he's going in the first round. I I, I don't know that I would be comfortable even at 44. That's the highest you could talk me into it. Uh, I'm thinking that 78 pick or that 98 pick is is the perfect spot for the Browns. And now this is team specific uh, to take a shot on a guy with so much upside like Christian Watson has.
0: And it's and it's not a knock on Watson, but you look at things, you know, there is limited production numbers, Um, you know, and playing against the lower level and not trying to, you know, diss uh, North Dakota State in any way whatsoever because they are the, you know, they are the Bama of what they do. Absolutely, There's no way around it. And, you know, when you t- you put a quarterback in the top five like they did last year with Trey Lance, um, it's obvious. Um, But for me, it, if you're telling me it's Christian Watson at 44 and this is the top addition to the wide right, receiver. Group, right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, it causes some pause and hesitation. Do I think there's the potential there to be a better pro player than a college player? I absolutely do. Um, I know. I believe it was Ben Fennel put it out the other day. You know, he did. You know, because we always do a, a this or that type of thing with draft prospects. Years ago, Martavius Bryant out of Clemson. That was the year with Sammy Watkins. He went on to some early success with the Raiders. Turned out to be an absolute knucklehead. Found himself out of the way out of the league very very quickly. But you look at that type of potential from a player like Christian Watson, and that is certainly something that could be there. And you know, you only call his number five six times a game max maybe, and you get two to three wow plays or different making 15 to 20 and it turns into something special so christian watson certainly a name to know certainly a name to have eyes on again the age will be a bit of an issue you know for the browns but other than that you know if you're looking to bring him in and you're looking to you know up the athleticism in this room like you did with donovan people's jones like you did with anthony schwartz he fits the bill but i mean for everybody who's ready to take you know a couple days in mobile and put him in the same conversation as players of the ilk of Chris Olave and, you know, certainly some of these other wide receivers, you know, even, uh, you know, a Pickens out of Georgia. I'm not comfortable doing that just yet, even though I I think there's a gem there. Um, But if it's still needing development, you know, I, I can't go high on the fact that I still need to see him do more.
1: Absolutely. And that's the other thing, not only the technical proficiency in the small school, and you mentioned the production value. And again, that, like we both said, that's, the the bison run the ball so well if you play wide receiver for north dakota state you're simply not going to hit the production metrics that the browns uh, usually look for It's but this is one of those cases where you have to take context and go okay i get it but, but with his opportunities what did he do but not only the technical proficiency i think is maybe going to have teams hold him in that late second third round but like you said just simply the strength of this wide receiver class people saying he's going in round one well okay which of those round one guys are you putting him ahead of? Like you said, is, are you putting him ahead of Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Jahan Dotson, David Bell? I mean, there's just... and Jameson
0: Williams with the knee. No, exactly. I'm not going that route.
1: <laughs> exactly. So and now all this, we're, it sounds like we're kind of trying to talk the guy down. We're not. He's got the skill. And the the physical tools for days that if he does get to the right situation, the right coaching staff, the right veteran mentor and develops to the top of his potential. I mean, you're talking, you know, you you hate to throw out names like Jerry Rice and all that kind of stuff. That's unfair to the young man, but he has physical tools that are in the elite range. So if he can figure get to the right situation and I don't know if the Browns are that or not but if he can get to the right situation, this guy has upside for days. I just don't know as a draft where the Browns are sitting right now, if they're willing to go any higher than like 78 on him, which I think is the perfect spot. Um, Go ahead.
0: Top 75 player, but go ahead. I I would say that's where you would put it. Top 75 player, somewhere in that range. Um, You know, obviously we're going to get time speed here and, you know, if he does burn a great time, then maybe we're just going to kindly basically take him off the Cleveland
1: Browns draft board is probably the way it's going to work with Christian Watson. But go ahead, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 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 he's one of those guys that you and I talk about. We love him in this range. And then he has a great draft process and moves up 75 spots and we go, oh, we're not comfortable there. I liked him. at <laughs> you know, the the other spot and people go, well, you don't like them anymore. No, I just don't like them at that value. That's what value means. Anyway, let's stay in North Dakota. A lot of good football being played up there, but we're going to move over to the fighting Hawks, not North Dakota state. We're going to move over to North Dakota, a guy who really surprised me. Uh, uh, and not a lot of people are talking about tackle Matt. Well, let uh, for the fighting Hawks. He's a huge dude, six, seven, but he's only three Oh five. And so one of the, que- <clears throat> excuse me, one of the questions that I heard over and over and over from people, way smarter about the draft than i am is how will his base hold up how will his balance hold up at that weight he's kind of if you just look at him he's tall and spindly he looks more like a basketball player you know that kind of thing and boy did he handle it well his base is well his footwork was very nimble uh very good and obviously he's got vines he's he's got length for days at that height And he was able to get out to the second level, find his man get his hands on him and bury him on a consistent basis. I mean, you know, playing at the North Dakota level, uh, he put up some tremendous grades an 80 uh, pass block grade, a 79 run block grade. Obviously, he's big and strong enough to move people. He can anchor. And, you know, as Pete likes to say, if nothing else, the planet theory, the dude's six foot seven with, you know, seven and a half foot arms or whatever it is. It's hard to get around him no matter how fast you are. So. Again, it's a value thing. Right now I see him, (coughs) pardon me, mostly early day three, late day two, and the Browns have three picks in that area with the Quasi comp. They have like, I think right now most boards have them at 98, 105, 115. That will change a little bit when the comp picks come in, but three at that turn from day two to day three, if he's around in that range and they're looking for another tackle because we're still waiting on Conklin's health and his timeline and all that kind of stuff, Matt Walleska was a guy who really impressed me this week, and is now more, far more, on my personal radar than he was before uh, Mobile came around.
0: And this is what this is all for. And it, it, it's as much as it is for some of the bigger names, you know, from the bigger schools, and obviously, you know, some SEC homecomings as it's located down in Mobile, Alabama. But this game is more for players like this, and to get their opportunity. Um, You know, a number one is shining for the scouts. A number two would again, you know, play against better talent than they played against to show their wares. So for a guy like that, it was nice to see it come to fruition for him this week. But I know you got one more for us.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to go to the tight end room. It's such a great tight end class. Um, unfortunately for the Browns, a lot of them are one of two things. Older, Greg Dulcich, when I finally found out his birthday, you know how in love with his I am with him. I was I was just crushed. Um, and some of them are probably going to go before the Browns are realistically looking at a tight end. could they, uh, go with a tight end in the Trey McBride, Jalen Weidermeyer, even Jeremy Ruckert range. They could, there's a path to it, depending on what happens in free agency, what they do with Najoku, what they do with Hope Cooper. But I think more realistically, you're looking at the day three guys, the, um, the James Mitchell coming off the knee, the, uh, the Cole Turner, uh, those kind of guys, but this guy uh, still, for whatever reason, flying under a lot of Raiders. Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, 6'6", 255, moves very well. He's a mover in the path I'm, – I'm sorry, in the blocking grade, uh, the run blocking uh, area. Uh, he's got great hands. He's already he's, – he's not a guy who's going to run away from you. He's not going to – the, you know, Cole Turner, if you just watch his highlights, he's got some just giant squid-type catches that are, you know, the whoa. Bellinger, I don't think, has a lot of that. But boy, is the guy solid. And in an offensive system like the one Kevin Stefanski runs here, where we know how much he enjoys his tight ends, a guy like Bellinger in mid mid to even late day three, depending on which board you're looking at, I thought he had a really, really good week. And the reports that I've heard from people who are much smarter than me who were there in Mobile, back that up.
0: And with the tight end position, and look, this is something, I, I think the Browns will be involved in drafting a tight end Regardless, um, when a, a, a position that you feel fairly strong, strongly about, um, like the Browns do with the tight end position, and a class that coincides with you know some of your personal beliefs as far as roster building, right. the question is going to be certainly Najoku Hooper. It's a question of are you in this earlier in that Rucker range where you know you have a guy right. who can come maybe come in right away, or is there a guy that still needs a little refinement? And we're going to go one more year with Austin Hooper and David Njoku, but we're going to bring in a fourth tight end because if we play three, obviously we need four, even though the Browns may trend away from that a little bit. So certainly tight end position without question is something I think the Browns are going to have their eyes on. Bellinger's a player, Um, you know, McBride, obviously. And as I I mentioned, we were talking with Pete earlier today. Um, (coughs) If you're looking for a tight end, Mountain West is a nice little place to start. They have a bunch Mm -hmm. of them this year in this draft class. So certainly something to keep your eyes on. Browns fans, as far as you know, the evolution of the tight end position here, we're going to get to Steve's Super Bowl thoughts here as we are only a couple days away. So we're going to get to that and continue here on your latest Locked on Browns. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Belt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, cinnamony ichiro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all very, very good. All Built Bar's are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. Low calories, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Bilt.com and scroll down the macro chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most Bilt bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor that might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Bilt Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15, all caps, no space, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Again, promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full pressure at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code Touchdown for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a year in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or need gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code Touch down steve it is super bowl week rams bangles I, I hope i'm gonna be able to say this by the time the game actually kicks off um it's been weird to actually say these terms <clears throat> rams bangles sunday in sofi steve some thoughts
1: yeah, it's funny. You told me we were going to talk about the Super Bowl. And I realized, at that moment, I realized I've been so focused on Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, free agency. I was like, I have literally not thought about it for one second. Like I haven't <laughs> until you told me last night I hadn't thought about it. And it just never occurred to me. The first thing I thought of, uh, well, the first thing I thought I would like to throw out there, uh, I live in L.A. If you guys want to come coming out and you're having trouble with a hotel, you can camp out in my backyard for five grand a night. Just talk, contact me. On the Twitter. neighbor took out the yeah. beehive, so it's all good now. It's all good. Five grand a night, more than reasonable. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the first thing I thought of was that, and I, I hate to say it this way, but the COVID that hit the Browns on Raiders week, if it hadn't hit then, how different would the Super Bowl look right now? Because they'd almost beat the Raiders with basically half their roster out. I firmly believe they would have if their team squad had been there. The Raiders would have been six and eight. I believe they would have folded the tents. So they almost certainly wouldn't have made the playoffs. Would the Bengals have beaten the Chargers in that first round if, if they got them? Instead, would they be there right now if that COVID had been one week later for Cleveland? I don't know. Maybe they could. And I'm not knocking the Bengals. People are out there saying, you know what? They, get, they got their props. They give them their props. They did exactly what they had to do. They have earned the right to be there. I, I am so in awe of what Joe Burrow has done under adverse circumstances. I, I give them all the props in the world um I, as far as the game itself i think people have said this 3 weeks in a row i'm going to just go ahead and jump on the train i think it ends here i i just you you can only dodge and bob and weave for so long and this pass rush and the offense that the rams can are capable of putting out there against a, a bengals defense who i think has overachieved again they've done everything and i give them all their props but i think they're playing above their heads the last few weeks um I, I just think it ends here I think it's gonna be a fun game I think it's gonna be uh I don't think the Rams are gonna run them out of the, uh, the house or anything like that but uh, 31 27 something in that range I just I think the Rams are gonna come out I think uh uh Joe Magic uh or whatever you want to call him. I don't like Joe Burr I think that's I just can't stand that nickname. Uh, but um, I think he's gonna come up just one play short. He'll play great, I think, because he's really calm. He's really good, he has everything. I'm personally rooting against them. I cannot root for a division rival. I don't understand people that do that, but you do you. Um, and I think it comes to an end here. So uh yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go like thirty-one twenty seven, thirty-one twenty-six, somewhere in that range. I'm gonna take the Rams uh to to hoist the Lombardi this week. Here's
0: the thing for me, and I'm going to give, you know, I'll give a positive for each team going into this. I think the pressure is on the Rams. Look, they've already lost the Super Bowl. Obviously, this Matthew Stafford trade was done with the intention of, this is what we need to not come to the Super Bowl and lose. So the Rams have the pressure here. The Bengals, could this be a year too early? Two years too early um, for them to be here? Um, I don't think anybody, you know, nobody obviously had the Cincinnati Bengals getting to this point. I think they're young enough. I think that, you know, a core of that team between Higgins, between Chase, between Burrow, they've – look, the Super Bowl is a whole different animal, but they have played in games of this ilk, so mm-hmm. they're not going to be scared by it. So I think that's a, a positive, you know, for, uh, you know, the Bengals going into this, you know, knowing that, hey, this is maybe just the beginning of a nice, nice run for us. And for Browns fans, it's certainly a possibility. It's not something to overlook. Um, but, you know, the Rams, look, the, the defensive factor – um And for the Rams, the one thing I think is, and as you had mentioned, the Bengals defense has played really, really well for three weeks. That does not mean automatically now that the Bengals defense is good. It means they played well for three weeks. And giving McVay, giving Stafford, Cup, Odell an extra week to prepare for this game, find holes, find things that they think this Bengals defense can't do, that's certainly something I see there. You guys will get my final one when uh, Pete and I break it down later in the week. But, you know, Steve, we're going to have to put a wrap on this, but uh, as always appreciate the time. And look, I mean, for us, um, you know, granted we're we got here a lot earlier than we wanted to be here this year. Um, But, you know, win, winning team, losing team. We love this time of year.
1: Yeah. uh, It's a fun time of year. It's always fascinating to watch how things change and they will numerous times between now and April, this next month is going to tell us a lot. We have still no clue what they're doing with their in-house free agents. Who they even think they're targeting as far as out-of-house free agents. By this date next year, or I'm sorry, next month, we will know a lot more. And then that will allow us to focus in more on draft targets, positional targets, who where they could trade up, where they could trade down, all that kind of stuff. But until we know that, we're all just we're guessing in the dark at this point. Uh, But that's that's part of the fun. You know, you know, you and I both love that. We love the unknown factor. So Uh, I love being on with you, man. Thanks for having me back on. Sorry. I couldn't do it last week, but, uh, I know you and I will talk and we'll, we'll mock and we'll, we'll do all kinds of stuff over the next couple of months. Looking forward to
0: it, man. Uh, There's no question about that. And, you know, for this, yeah, but a month from now we'll be post combine, obviously most of the good um, rumors and, you know, (coughs) starting to realize maybe where team's intentions are come from combine week as well. So, you know, we'll hang in there. We got a lot to discuss up until then, but that's when everything basically goes from, you know, moving to fast forward quickly. Steven Thomas of the OBR at Browns mock draft, Uh, the Twitch show, the guys over there do a fantastic job. Make sure you're following, make sure you're engaged. You are watching. Uh, Myself at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd through a follow over there. Make sure you are following or subscribed to the Lot Browns podcast. And this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.